Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Because then it does come down to how interdependent were they? You know, were they mixing funds? Were they paying for joint things together? Were they contributing to a household together? Um, How emotionally dependent on each other were they? Or are they separate, essentially separate people who are just friends and having some, you know, fun together occasionally? Hi, this is Caroline Stephen, and this is Talking Trading. Stepchildren, de facto partners, prenuptial agreements. These intricacies in modern day relationships can complicate estate planning. How do the courts view these complexities? What is considered fair and reasonable? Although life might be going well, when the time comes, without a thorough estate plan, you could be causing your family and your loved ones heartache. Legal Eagle Jackie Broman joins us again on the show today to walk through these complications in modern day relationships because Jackie sees firsthand the heartache and anguish caused when people bury their heads in the sand. Louise Bedford also talks about facing facts head on in mind power and appropriate trading strategies. Here's Louise. When something is painful or difficult, our temptation as humans is to look away. If you see people getting vaccinated, the majority of them turn their head away from the needle, don't they? And the same thing can happen to traders when looking at their portfolios. When things are going from strength to strength and the market is booming, Then traders often look at their portfolios and they feel excited and they get those lovely endorphin feelings of goodwill and they think they've conquered the beast. Sometimes it's just because the market has been going up and up, taking those shares with it though. However, when we're making losses, we turn away. Often, we don't look at our portfolios. We sweep that share under the bed and pretend it doesn't exist. We don't check our results. And we certainly don't trade in the way that is required to get us out of that current slump. Now, psychologists, we call it loss aversion. So loss aversion is where if you're making a loss or if it's something painful, you decide for your own psychological well-being to spend less time on that particular activity. This can be very difficult 
It's well known in the health field and there have been studies that have shown when you balance for every variable, women who are in contact with somebody who has had a terrible breast cancer scare or breast cancer experience are less likely to get mammograms. Now, it's probably because of the fear associated with seeing that person go through the breast cancer process. So they don't want that for themselves, which is a type of loss aversion. Now, what about if you're surrounding yourself with people who are only talking about making losses? This is a problem. Your network is so important with trading. That community is something that so many of us forget, particularly when we are under pressure. Sure, it's important to commiserate with a friend and to potentially identify why those losses are occurring. But remember to find people who are positive, optimistic and making profits as well. You need a group around you to combat your very primal loss aversion within yourself. That consistency is the thing that will make you money time and time again. And as an adult, sure, we all have skills to learn and this could possibly be one of them. Have a think about your own behavior. Are you likely to avoid looking at something because it's painful? And when did you last create strategies to trade your way out of a slump? Now, if you don't know how to do that, then I suggest brainstorm some ideas. Research the anti-martingale system. Have a look at equity curves. Work out what yours is. And if your equity curve is underneath your moving average, that probably means you should start lowering your risk percentage. Now, if everything I've said is a little bit gobbledygook, that's okay, because it probably means you're just starting to investigate this arena of trading. But just know there are strategies available for you to be able to trade your way out of any decline. The key thing is that you look at the facts and you face them head on. Hi, this is U.S. memory champion Chester Santos, the international man of memory. I listen to Caroline at Talking Trading. This is now part two of Legal Eagle Jackie Broman's interview on estate planning. Um, Let's talk about prenuptial agreements. Let's say you've got a partner, a partnership. One person earns so much more money than the other. Is a prenup worth considering in 2021? Uh, Yeah, it can be. Um, A lot of family lawyers are scared of them in many ways because the courts have set quite a few of them aside uh, because if circumstances change throughout the relationship and the longer the relationship goes, the less likely they're going to hold up. And, uh, And, I mean, they're relevant if you separate while you're alive, but they're not so relevant from an estate planning perspective if you die together. Can I just jump in there? Sorry. So a prenuptial agreement is less relevant the longer you stay together. Mm, oh, I didn't right. know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because 
the longer the relationship is together, the more you um, weave your lives together, the more you accumulate during that relationship rather than before, um, it's harder and harder to set that clear boundary aside. And also the reliance on each other, like the interdependency becomes greater and greater. And certainly if kids come into the picture, then everything sort of goes out the window. I see a wedding ring on your finger. <laughs> no kids. <laughs> so let's talk about de facto relationships. What are the rules around a de facto? What is a de facto, firstly? Mm. So first, well, firstly, de factos are pretty much got this, all the same rights as married couples these days, as well as same-sex same couples, all the same. Uh, a de facto relationship kicks in when a certain number of factors are sort of in play, um, as soon as a, a child is involved, um, the relationship is de facto. Um, it, from a, an estate planning perspective, it's usually um, that they have to have been together for two years if there hasn't been a child. And so, um, and then the level. Or been together? Mm, good question. Uh, because then it does come down to how interdependent were they? You know, were they mixing funds? Were they paying for joint things together? Were they contributing to a household hold together? Um, how emotionally dependent on each other were they? Or are they separate, essentially separate people who are just friends and having some, you know, fun together occasionally? Um, so, yeah, th that is a fine line as well and quite often argued over, uh, if a de facto is left out of a will and, you know, the family thinks they're not a de facto, but the de facto certainly thinks they're a de facto. Mm. Oh, dear. It's just fraught, mm. isn't it? Can be. So what about blended families? What complications do we come across? Blended families? What is a blended family? Mm. So a blended family is usually where there has been children from a prior relationship and a couple comes together. So you're talking about stepchildren? So, yeah, yeah. And so you've got all sorts of uh, different obligations to different people that start playing out. Uh, your main obligation first is to your spouse. But if you've got children from your previous relationship too, then you've got competing obligations and you have to work out how those fit in, whether you, uh, or depending on how old the kids are as well, you know, whether you talk to the kids and say, look, my first obligation is to my spouse, this is how it's going to work. Um, or whether you have some kind of discussion with your spouse and say, well, I want to make sure my kids get something. How do we work this through with our estate plan? And there are interesting ways of doing it. Uh, superannuation is a good way potentially of doing it um, because it's often a non-estate asset that can be directed where you want it to go. Same thing with life insurance policies and other financial products. So then you start getting quite uh, technical. It really comes across that you enjoy this. Do you enjoy this? You know what? It's really, um, I really do like strategy and that's ultimately what it is. Um, but it's strategy with such a personal element because, like I said, the family dynamics really is the key as well. And have you seen sticky, nasty situations in the worst of human nature? Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? The lawyers don't necessarily help it either. And yeah, so that's, that's always a bit of a battle internally for me. Like, do I want to take on that sort of fight um, because of the impact that it has on me and because I can't do really good work um, or starting to move across into a fairly new space in Australia, um, collaborative practice for wills and estates. And so 
Um, it's where specially trained professionals work as a team to, to take a family through a process and they all sign an agreement that they will not go to court. And so they're actually got to solve the problem. So what's your key message here today, Jackie? Look, I think that, um, as you say, I hope that I do make it sound easy, even though there's a lot of intricacies. It's just a matter of please spend some little bit of time on it and get it done because um, done the right way can just save so much heartache later. Um, and, and that's the main message. Done the right way can save so much heartache later. I love it. I love it. Any bits of advice? Look, I think um, doing research is a good place to start. Uh, but again, it's sort of like passive action, isn't it? Because you feel really good that you're educating yourself and you're um, starting to think about it a lot. But again, it's just, just do it. Where do people research? Hmm. Uh, well, for starters, I have a lot of free information out there, um, a lot of free webinars people can jump on. They're usually 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, in each state, there is a uh, office of a public advocate so they have a lot of free information for um, particularly powers of attorney. Um, as well, each state has a state trustee. They have a whole lot of free information as well um, for uh, powers of attorney and for wills. And so those government places, the information you're getting from, it's pretty reputable if you want to go somewhere that there's no agenda attached um, if you're worried about um, you know, private firms giving information, but also shop around for opinion, you know. Um, my, my, my way of doing things might not resonate with people. And so please, um, just like with any professional, you know, you don't have to go with the first one that you get advice from. Actually shop around till you find someone that you know you can work with. Well, if people have resonated with you, where do they go to find you? Hmm. So uh, my firm and the main place to go would be tbalaw.com.au and I'll open it up and give my personal email address, Jackie, J-A-C-Q-U-I at tbalaw.com.au. Thank you, Jackie. And tell us about IQ Meets EQ. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun little project uh, that I have a podcast with a co-host. Um, originally, it was sort of like I was IQ being the practising lawyer and my co-host, Ush, is a non-practicing lawyer and she was EQ, except it's been become more and more of a journey of how much EQ actually plays into success and to leadership and to all those other factors as you grow through your career. So there's a lot of interesting people that we've interviewed. And I think that that's what keeps me going is the conversations that we have. It's the conversations, it's the stories. Jackie, thanks yeah. so much for your time today. That was very elucidating about estate planning. <laughs> Thank you. Happy to be here. And stay tuned next week because we have economist John O'Barrett on the markets. I'm Caroline Stephen. Take care. As always, if you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcast and make sure you give us a big fat five-star review. You'll also notice that Talking Trading doesn't use sponsors and barely advertisers. This is because Chris Tate and Louise Bedford fund this show from tradinggame.com.au. If you'd like to get Louise's five-part free e-course, register at 
tradinggame.com.au. So until next week, happy trading. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.